The Big Ten has a new commissioner search to begin as Kevin Warren has decided to take his towns to the Chicago Bears as a new CEO and president. But more than that, what does it mean in comparison for Commissioner Phillips? We talk about that in the oh, oh mm, that mm, there it is. We talk about that in the ACC and all the good things that come with that, as well as some football news around the bend. Dre Bly is out at UNC. It's a basketball updates we've got for you today on today's show. Let's rock out. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. everybody welcome to today's edition of locked on acc i'm your host candace cooper joined by kitten gibbs of locked on wolfpack each and every day you can catch us here at locked on acc wherever you listen to podcasts as well as on youtube please subscribe to the channel we're on the road to 1000 and we can't do it without you so if you have not yet hit that subscribe button for us it will do us one good we are live and ready to go and talk about some very exciting breaking news out of the big 10 and it's going to relate we promise you here for the ACC, but let's get into it, shall we? Kenny Gibbs, how we feeling? Feel great as always. You know what I mean? Another good day to be alive, and uh, we we got some pretty interesting news to cover, which is always a, a good thing um, during these times where we we have less sports than normal. A thousand percent. So if you have not yet checked your Twitter thread or feed or all the things, if you have not looked at Instagram and breaking news from SportsCenter and all of that, Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, has decided to take his talents to the Chicago Bears. He will be named the CEO and president of the organization. And it comes at a time when the Big Ten seems to be on a high of highs, right? You have UCLA, you have USC joining your uh, conference and now for the fact that you're signing one of the biggest TV deals in conference history, what a time! What a better time to be the commissioner! And yet he is out and he is taking his talents to back to the NFL. We know that he was formerly of the Minnesota Vikings and he's been a part of the NFL for 22 years. It seems like it's a good opportunity for him and a great organization, historic organization to be a part of. Absolutely, I, I think that this is. I mean. I think everybody has their individual aspirations and, you know, some folks happy being the commissioner of a conference for, you know, 20, 30 years and retiring on out of that job. Other folks are like, they, they dip their toe in it and they said, mm, this is good. You know, I've done good things, but you know, it's been real. It's been fun, but it ain't been real fun. I'll see y'all on the flip side. So. A thousand percent. Again, I mentioned the Big 12 added USC and UCLA signed the largest college media rights deal in history. And I, as an ACC girl myself, am sitting here saying, man, if you sit back and do the comparisons, Commissioner Phillips, what have you done for me lately? What have you added? We remember ACC kickoff where you were supposed to be adding a couple teams. You were having some backdoor conversations and all of the things we're trying to get right for 2023. And yet, what has changed, Kitten? I haven't seen any updates. I don't know about you. Been in the trenches, but it's not looking like the ACC is doing anything different than what we've done in the past. You know, normally I quote um, a famous folks, rappers, singers, all that good stuff. But I'm going to quote somebody who was very impactful to my life, my pastor, Reverend Michael L. Dublin Sr. And he says all the time that an internally focused organization 
will eat itself. It cannot grow. You have to be externally focused in order to do what you need to do to grow, get better, get stronger. And that's what the Big Ten did under Kevin Warren. They grew, they got stronger, they got better. Now, what the ACC, on the other hand, did was create a a, uh, grant of rights that is very internally focused. It locked everybody in so that nobody can come poach. But we haven't done anything externally by way of bringing in new teams, better teams, all that good stuff, in the way that realistically every other Power 5 conference except the Pac-12 is doing. I mean, if you look around, you see, well, maybe the SEC hasn't necessarily grown either, but you see the Big 12 getting Cincinnati. You see the Big 10 getting um, USC and and, uh, UCLA. UCLA. Actually, in the SEC, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, Texas. So, you know, there's there's a situation where there are those who are being taken from and there are those who are being given to. And the ACC is kind of in this weird limbo of being neither. Yeah, it's really tough. And for the fact that a lot of the ACC schools were talking about football, really, because we know that's where a lot of the bread and butter comes from. Beyond Clemson and FSU, who is really the moneymaker for us right now? We, I mean, we know tickets sell. Do we know tickets sell for Miami? Maybe in the next couple of years, maybe. But other than that, what is the prominent programs out here that we're saying coming back for every single, you know, week in, week out, getting our popcorn ready? And I'm just sitting here saying to myself, as much as we love basketball, that ain't going to cut it. We don't yeah. fill out 70,000, 80,000 stadiums every single Saturday. It's just not going to cut it. So, Commissioner Phillips, I feel like if there was ever a time for your feet to be at the fire, going into next year's kickoff, we're going to sit there and ask you once again, what is the conference doing to grow? You're getting lapped, and it is being more and more evident how gap is widening. You know, it's, again, like they always say in football, you never stay the same. You either get better or you get worse. And by staying the same, the ACC is kind of naturally going to fall behind into that group of of the Pac-12, of the Big 12. Because, again, I don't care what anybody says to me. You you cannot make a good argument to me that the Big 12 is in a strong position. You can't. There, there's no way that you can argue that to me with a straight face. I just – I refuse to hear that. So the ACC runs the risk of, of falling full-time back there because right now – there's already a delineation between the Big Ten, a- SEC, and everybody else. However, it seems to be that there's the Big Ten, SEC, uh, uh, I'm sorry, SEC, Big Ten, however you want to put it, one, two, however you want to put that, SEC, Big Ten, whatever. Then you got a little space. Then you got the ACC. Then you got the Big 12 that's basically on par with the ACC, maybe a little behind. You think the, you think the ACC is above the Big 12? Yes. No doubt about it. We haven't lost. We haven't lost any of our marquee teams. That that is what tells me. At the end of the day, we, we haven't have, lost our marquee teams because we can't. But that's Not because the, they don't want to go. But that's the thing. It, it, um, you know, Keisha Cole and them said it's not where he at, it's where he want to be, which is nice in theory. But when you're talking about these teams, baby, it's about where they at. It's about where they bringing the bacon home to. It's about where that money that they make goes. And every team, it does not matter. I remember Swim Swim was reporting that it was, uh, what was it, Florida State and Clemson and North Carolina were looking to move to SEC. Y'all can look all you want. You can want to be there all you want. But guess who that check is coming home to? Uh, trust me, my man Jim Phillips is looking like, oh, don't worry. Look all you want. 
Be interested all you want, but that check is coming home to Papa, ain't it? All right. But is it good to have a disgruntled group? Is it good, especially ones who have strong name brands, North Carolina, FSU, Miami? Like, is it good? And is it something that is going to come back to bite you when you have a disgruntled group looking for the first out when it's available? Your brand and your all that, it, it doesn't. It is immaterial to what is like really vital to these colleges. Like the reality is the brand and all that is great. But if you leave and you got to pay a nine figure payout, who who's going who has that type of money laying around? And everybody loves to say, oh, this school has the boosters. This school has the boosters. Every school allegedly has the boosters. It's just like in hypotheticals, everybody is rich. Everybody is tough. Everybody is strong and smart and fast in hypotheticals. And then you kind of get to putting things into practice and everybody get a little poor. The, the wallets get a little tighter. They get a little less brave. They get a little more cowardly. They get a little slower. They get a little weaker. Every booster, everybody. Oh yeah. Our school can pay them. If we have to get out, we can pay it. Sure. Yeah. Tell me how that worked out for you. Tell me how that worked out for Maryland. Cause everybody said Maryland's got a big brand name or one of the best basketball teams in the country. You know, the football team's on the rise too. They'll be fine leaving ACC. Them boys still ain't recovered. Them boys still ain't recovered fully. So what are we doing? Great women's basketball program. <laughs> Get beautiful gowns. Hey, listen, <laughs> they did see State in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Good for them. Financially, they still have not fully yeah. recovered from having to uh, join a new conference, not receive full money from that new conference, and having to still pay the old conference. And mind you, that was before the grant of rights, where the, the, the payout is even bigger. So, you know, it again, the ACC, they're not – getting better and thusly getting worse, but they're not getting as bad as the Big 12 and the Pac-12 because those two, both of them lost both of their marquee teams right away. Both of them lost teams that are either Oklahoma was the back-to-back-to-back-to-back Big 12 champs. USC was the champs last year. They're losing them. UCLA is a team that everybody's looking at like, oh, they're up next. If it's either going to be them or USC, they're losing their top dogs the ACC is not. We're not gaining anybody, which we need to, but we're not losing our top dogs. You know, I would welcome Maryland back with open arms. I can't even hold you. I really would. I, maybe it's the nostalgia girl in me. Maybe it's just wanting things to be back to the way they were. All the things. But I will say an end on this. Commissioner Phillips, it's got to get better than what it is. Absolutely. It really does. Where Absolutely. where we're sitting at and what we have, it, it's got to get better. Because we, we're in a position where we look crazy, funny in the light. See, Commissioner Phillips is is the guy that, you know, he did all of the extra stuff to to get the prettiest girl at the dance. And then once he got her, he forgot that she was the prettiest girl at the You got to do the stuff to keep up with this job, man. You've got this job is demanding. It's going to call for you to do it's some cutthroat. It, it is. It is. This this job of building a conference into a powerhouse is a cutthroat job. But guess what? If you signed up for this job, baby, you've signed up for the job. You got to do it. Enough of the Pollyanna stuff. I'm ready for some like hard nose undercutting. Let's see it. Let's let's see it. You know, that's let's that's all it. I gotta say. You know, Absolutely. we have we have a lot to go when it comes to that, but day by day, we'll figure it out sh- slowly but surely. Bets are that we'll have some teams maybe even having conversations or entertaining conversations going in 2023. If you want to put your bets down now, or who even will be the new Big Ten commissioner, you should do it at betonline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional 
National Amateur League out there. From pro football to college bowl season, now that's over. You have basketball and all the things in between. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find that at Bet Online. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get all of your sports betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more because Bet Online is where the game starts. We're rocking and rolling with Kenton Gibbs of Locked on Wolfpack. We had just mentioned that Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, is taking his talents to the Chicago Bears. If you have not yet gotten the opportunity to read that news, highly recommend you go check that out. That's a lot going on there up there in the Midwest. But we've got to talk about things going down here in the South. North Carolina has decided to part ways with their Dre Bly, the cornerbacks coach. It felt like obvious because of how many guys ran to the portal at the end of the season. But more than that, what took so long? I get Dre Bly. He was a star. He is a standout. He is a 757 through and through. But man, oh man, you got to let it go. It was just clear and evident that when it came to the X's and O's, he was not the guy. And you had talent. You had Storm Duck. You had Tony Grimes. You had guys who were going to be good, maybe still can be good, that were not were underdeveloped. And it was just a shame to me how awful UNC secondary was for the past couple of years. You know, I, I believe that um, the recruiting sites don't always get it right. I don't mm. believe that the recruiting sites get it right 100% of the time, but th- no, nobody gets it right 100%. In terms of the players and how good they were? In terms of ranking players. they, they mm. the, the recruiting websites don't always get it right. But they don't always get it wrong either. No. <laughs> they, it can't always get it wrong. It can't always be well, the recruiting sites just said that this guy was this thing, and all of a sudden, that's just not how this ball game works. Those so folks. Do you think that Tony Grimes and Storm Duck were they were ranked higher than they should have been, or what? No, no, no. I think they were ranked. What I'm saying is, the guys like um, you know Steve Whitfong, the guys like Alan True, the guys like uh, Tom Luganbill, all that, they get paid a good chunk of money for a reason. They get paid that money for a reason. They put in a ton of effort. Uh, uh, Corey Smith, the uh, you know Isaac Shade of of, of uh, locked on UNC and all that. They get paid to cover these teams, follow these teams around twenty four seven. This is their full time job now. You know, you and me outside of this podcast, we got other things that we need to do to make money. They follow these high schoolers around full time. They don't get it wrong that much mm-hmm. to where all of these stars that y'all are pulling, all of them. Are, are underperformers? Come on now. Come on now. Because now I'm questioning you. Now I'm questioning your eye for talent. Now I'm saying, if, if even if they got it wrong that much, the recruiting sites did, why didn't you as a coach see mm, this player ain't going to work out? So the the fact that these players were not only not developing, but in some situations even regressing a little bit, which again, you don't get, you don't stay the same. You get better, you get worse. Because guess what? If you're the same guy in year three that you were in year one, year one, there was no film on you. So all the things that you did, all the routes that you were good at breaking on, all the routes that you struggled with, there was no film on it yet. Year three, there's film on it. So if you have not corrected those mistakes, if your coaching has not helped those players correct those mistakes, they're going to look worse. Which so with the Dre, I was going to say, so do you feel like Dre Bly leaving was appropriate for Carolina? Is it going to help Carolina in a, in a better way? I would say so. Um, I I believe, again, I I think that every coach, as far as coordinators, you do one of three things, right? You either um, elevate your talent. That's what the great ones do. You elevate mediocre or bad talent to make them look good. The average ones, you just show the talent. You display, oh, this is our best guy. We've got to find ways to get him the ball. 
in space, all that good stuff. Um, then the 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 bad ones, they hide talent. You would not know how good the players on that roster are because they're there. Um, and with position coaches, it's much of the same thing, but just with development. The best position coaches, all the players that come through that program play and look like entirely different players as the years go by. They learn from their mistakes. They see the game differently. They understand the game differently as a result of that coach being there. The average coach, I mean, players kind of just develop as they will. And, you know, there's no there's no guarantee of if they develop positively or negatively. You won't see a, a, a bunch of one or the other. You'll just see some guys get better, some guys get worse. You know, it's like the worst coaches, they take the best player, they get the best players or whatever they do have, even if they're not getting the best players, nobody gets better. You don't look at anybody and say, this player from year one to year four, crazy how much better they got. It's down. Yeah. You won't have one example. And in Dre Bly's case, can you name me one defensive back out of Carolina that you look at that you say, this player came in very unheralded. And by the time they left, they were all ACC. They were all American. They were, uh, you know, just doing it all. And I say that, and I will end on this. Everybody can't coach. Everybody can be a baller. Everyone can be an amazing talent on the field. Everyone can have an eye for the game. Everyone can be a hell. Some people can be a hell of a recruiter. You can just have a lived experience that you can pour into somebody and you can sell ice to an Eskimo. But when it comes to the X's and O's, when it comes to actually being a young, a leader of young men, everybody ain't able. And that's okay. You know what I'm saying? I think if you want to give him an ambassador role while he figures out his next steps, by all means. 757, he was plucking them left and right. And I get it. Listen, he is absolutely, the proof is in the pudding. Proof is in the resume. All the things. But when it comes to actual game energy adjustments, all the things, absolutely not. Just not, just not, it's not capable. Everybody ain't able. And that's okay. Know your strengths as you move forward and beyond. Know your strengths. But I also, one more, one, one A. I love how the Carolina family loves to do Carolina family, but sometimes your family can't help you. Like it's okay to look outside of the group. It's okay to try and look for other people to be a part of your new family. Like we, the cousin can't come. Cousin you can't know, come. The, cousin uh, can't come. The monarchs and the kingdoms back in the day used to not have family trees. They used to have a family line because all of them were related. The, the, they were all like, oh, this is the, the queen is the king's second cousin and all that type of stuff. Right. I'm going to tell you this. You need to, in order to keep your genes strong, you need to go outside your bloodline. to find Have to. Have to. to go outside that. That's just the reality. And, um, you know, and 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 it's, it's, it's hurtful to see the Clown Times comment here that the ACC in football and basketball this season, super duper sorry, sad to watch. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this now. Football, especially on that coastal side, you got yourself a point. You got yourself a point. Sorry? I don't know but about all that. Basketball, I don't know if I'm willing to call ACC basketball as a whole sorry. I'm not willing to go there just yet. Not Drake May, first of all, Drake May is not sorry, so let's start there. Don't, don't be disrespectful. Josh Downs is not sorry, so I'm going to need y'all to take that we one back. Have, we can't have two players representing an entire division. That ain't how it works. That ain't how it works. They don't even represent the other side of the ball for their team. That ain't how it works. Okay? Cedric Gray was one of the best defensive backs in the country. What are we talking about? He was an absolutely amazing linebacker, but that doesn't mean that they had Sorry, linebacker. Team. Yes. What are you talking a, about? A good linebacker does not a good defense make. That is not how that works. I didn't say that, but ain't, ain't sorry. He is not sorry. That defense as a whole, 
but we it, got rid of our secondary but, coaches. That's all we needed to do. That was half the battle. But here's the deal. And okay. see, this is this is what I mean. This is like, you know, you you this is your baby. You're gonna stick beside him. I am. This, this is like when when mama is in court talking about my baby would never hurt a fly, and the baby done uh got eight charges of grand theft auto, two attempted robberies, uh, a couple murder cases under that. Your baby ain't what you think it is because you could talk about the good stuff. You could talk about him winning team MVP in Little League when he was eight years old. Beautiful, good story. But you got to look at the rest too. You but got I talk to talk about the best. I'm probably the hardest Carolina fan out here. Let's, no, but I'm not, not, well, here's the thing. I'm not even a fan. I'm a graduate. I'm probably one of the hardest Carolina graduates on my team that has but to come. This, but, but, this is, but this is exactly what I'm saying. We're not talking about the clown times didn't say, oh, Carolina football and basketball. But I I was, you didn't hard. even let me get it out. You talked about the Coastal, and I had to cape for the Coastal because the Coastal champion was happened to be my team. But if I want to keep going, you talk about NC State's basketball team. looks pretty good to me. Clemson's basketball team looks pretty good to me. I think Duke played really well against Pitt last night. So, like, I don't know. He's talking about being sorry. Yeah, I'm, I don't. I don't agree. I just said I'm. We saying the same thing. I don't think basketball was sorry, and I don't think football as a whole, when you add in context, was sorry. However. The coastal in and of itself was just the back wall. It was the most disgusting. That was. Have just... you seen Boston College play a football game? Are we? Are we? Are we? Are we going there? And now you, are we doing that today? You pick okay. it. Okay. It. See, here's the thing. No, no. If we're gonna talk about the ACC as a whole, make sure you don't just include the coastal. Make sure you get everybody up in here. Talk but about Louisville. Talk I'm, about the Fighting Satterfield. Talk about Syracuse. But you're not gonna do what, that to my coastal side, and you know but that. But this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. When you look at the Coastal, after you get beyond Carolina, Pitt, and the Blue Devils, you don't have anybody that I would say is serviceable. Like, it's like, oh, I can trust them to beat any random group of five teams. After after those three teams, you have Georgia Tech being the next highest team, the same Georgia Tech that replaced their head coach and their starting quarterback midseason. Oh, okay. We got to talk about basketball. So let's let's, end this conversation. Let's go a step beyond it. No, because you don't got me started now because you don't try to defend the Coastal like I'm crazy. Let's talk about the Miami team. They got the mamas out there talking about, my baby don't need to be here no more. Mario talking about, come pick up your snot-nosed I mean, your snot-nosed kids. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't want us to lose our clean rate. But you got Mario Cristobal out here talking about, come get your kid then. I don't care about this boy with the big dreads anyway. Come get him. I don't want him on my team. And then you go from there and you've got the two teams in Virginia, which UVA, again, this is not at all about the tragedy that happened. But even before that, they were a train wreck under Tony Elliott's first year. Virginia Tech, we did not know that worse quarterbacks than Braxton Burmeister existed. We didn't know it was possible. They went on a slide from Hendon Hooker. It was like, all right, we've got a pretty good quarterback. And then we said, well, it can't get worse to here. Mm, it's gotten worse. So, I mean, what are we doing here? The is Coastal was a Is you finished? Is you finished or is you done? I'm just saying the Coastal Get it off your chest. I know, Listen, you sound like someone who has fought so hard, fought the good fight in that Atlantic, and you're just so glad there are no more divisions. And I feel you, my brother. I absolutely. You. Absolutely. I feel you, my brother. And it's not just, let me tell you, it's not just about fighting the good fight in the Atlantic. Let me tell you why this is this is is what needs to be said here. Please. Because, like you said, we have to be honest about these things. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm lying. Thing, so I'm lying. This, the, listen, no, I don't say, see the truth about the coastal. If you say, here's the thing, 
you weren't doing an intentional like, oh, I'm going to put it in your face lie. You did the lie of omission. When we start talking <laughs> about the Coastal, you start talking about USC immediately. Then you will go to do. I talked about the champs. I talked about the Coastal champs, which is what you're supposed to talk about the best. You can't just talk about the best because the best thing ain't my mama would always say, you look stupid uh, if you bring your best foot forward everywhere. You're going to look stupid with that bad foot dragging behind you. Walk as you are so people can know who you are. The Coastal is a a, cover, a division where if you only talk about UNC, sure, not that bad. But when you actually look around, oh, oh, pitiful, pitiful conference, a pitiful division. Very pitiful. Well, on that note, we must talk about basketball. Are you Absolutely. ready? Absolutely. Let's talk about Wonderful. it. Wonderful. There were a lot of good games happening last sure. night. There are a couple of people that I want to free. I, I wanna we're gonna get to them, but I want to free a couple people when we get down here. Now let's start with Miami of Boston College. Isaiah Wong putting up some insane numbers last night. He had a great game, 22.7 from nine from field goals. And I just think that like we say all the time, it's Isaiah or nothing. But Miller also was showing, you know, some promise as well. But I like that the Canes getting getting back on the horse always, always trying to just be consistent and beat the teams that they're supposed to be. You know, Isaiah Wong is, you know, you, you say Isaiah Wong or nothing. And I think that this team, this Miami team is really deep. However, even with deep teams, it's always going to come down to one thing at a certain point in time in the season. I need to roll the ball out to a guy and say, give me a bucket. Can he do it? And Isaiah Wong, more often than not this year, has proven I can. Yeah. I am the guy. I am him that's going to get you a bucket. So, you know, he when he shows up like he did last night against Boston College, I mean, seven for nine from the field, three or four from deep, five or seven from the free throw line, three assists, two rebounds. He's doing the things that he needs to do to effectively lead this team that, yes, they'll get guys who show up. Yes, there will be nights where you have other guys come along with them. But the reality is they're coming along with you. Yeah. They're the pips. You're Gladys Knight, baby. You got to go out there and sing that midnight train to Georgia like nobody's heard it every night if you want them to do something special. But there's something about a Gladys who can help elevate the pips, right? Like you are always at your best key because, you know, Gladys is going to bring her best every single time. And if she doesn't, it kind of throws you off a bit. And so I'm ready for that second person to say, you know, if Isaiah ain't got it, I got it. I still okay. think, though, that Miami is in a good position. Now, moving on to Duke and Pitt. Coach Cable making that return back to Durham, but it wasn't quite enough for the Pittsburgh Panthers, even though they have that veteran leadership, the first half was looking really good. But something about the second half turned for your boys in, Bay in Duke Blue. 77-69 victory. And I think it was just one of those moments where the second half you started to see Duke really remember who they are, right? It's a shift in we aren't just, you know, the regular old boys trying to figure things out. We are Duke basketball, and we are going to show you why. And having that home field advantage definitely helped them in the end. You know, I, I think that this is a very interesting Duke team because they feed off the Cameron energy mm -hmm. as much as, if not more than, any Duke team that I've seen in recent history. And I say that in particular because when you watch this team on the road, they're a completely different team at times. They're a yeah. completely different team than what they are at Cameron. And even in the first half of this game, they look like the old the, or the road Duke team. And then in the second half, I mean, they they turned it on and and just pretty much shut down everything that Pitt was trying to do. So it, it becomes very clear to me that, again, one thing that is a very clear sign that you are feeding off the crowd's energy is defensive intensity. 
And their defensive tenacity and intensity picked up in that second half in a way that, like, you can't point to anything else and say that's where the ball game was won besides that. In that second half, they were very intense. They were very – they were a lot more physical in that second half. And, you know, folks who complain about, well, Dukes gets the calls at Cameron and, you know, the the refs know what's good for them if they want to lead that play. So what? They're not undefeated at home. Other teams would beat them at home. You got to figure it out. And, you know, Kyle Filipowski having a 28-point game certainly helped matters for the – it was his breakout game, honestly, for me, just seeing, you know, his rhythm and being without Jeremy Roach and having Proctor have to step up in that big way and really take on that leadership role for the night. It certainly put Duke in a good position for when Roach does return. Let's talk about Syracuse and Virginia Tech. Mr. Joe Girard, him doing the damn thing, figuring out how to be the man. Maybe he is the long-lost Bayheim brother, you know. 82-72 victory, but the score doesn't even reflect just how out of it Virginia Tech was throughout the night. And it really just speaks to, all right, that Syracuse team, we all said it. As they start to get towards the end of the season, they start to figure things out. And certainly being beating a good Virginia Tech team is a way to do it. Free my dog, Justin Mutz. (laughs) Our first free for the night, yes. Free my dog, Justin Mutz. I mean, he he does so much for that Virginia Tech team. and, And at the end of the day, Yes, there were guys that were helping them. Yes, there were guys that came along with them. But it's got to be discouraging when you are as much to a team as he has been. And and yet it just, you know, it just never quite seems to work out. And that's, yeah. that's, that's a tough time. But on to the winners here. I'm going to tell you this. They do not have the normal steal numbers, do not have the normal block numbers of a Syracuse team with that zone and the all of the length and all of the activity that comes along with it and to still win a game against a quality Virginia Tech team it raises some questions right like first of all Virginia Tech is is winless in conference so are they a quality team that question comes along second of all another question that so comes they're winless in conference uh yes ma'am they are currently 0-4 in conference losses to Boston College Wake Forest Clemson NC State and Syracuse so 0-5 I'm sorry are you talking about Virginia Tech? Yes, Virginia Tech. They beat North Carolina. Did they? Oh, I'm sorry. They're one in five in conference. I, <laughs> I was like, I remember that ugly brown beating. I apologize. One in five. I hear in you. Conference. Yeah, yeah, one yeah. In five in conference. I had that wrong. But either way it goes, they're one in five in conference. I mean, are they really a quality team? That question kind of needs to be asked. That question okay. is like, mm. I think they have what it takes. Absolutely. On paper, it's there. On paper, it's definitely there. It's just. Kind of rapping again. Everybody in theory is tough, is strong, can shoot, has defense, has all these things, has ball handlers, has playmakers. And then when you put them on the court, that rubber meets the road. Ooh, I hear you. I hear you. All right, let's talk about. I'll talk about the best team in the ACC right now. Clemson taking on Louisville. Hunter Tyson, another strong performance for the week. I think that Hunter Tyson is making a name for himself. Twenty-eight points, nine for fourteen, eleven rebounds. My God. And you also have guys like PJ Hall. Clemson, Clemson is that team right now. They're they're figuring out how to put them put some things together. Can't even hold you. But Lord knows, will Louisville get an ACC win this year? I don't know. I I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. I am like having very serious questions about whether or not Louisville would get a conference win this year. Because I mean, it's just, again they just keep finding newer, innovative ways to lose basketball games. But now going beyond that. <laughs> Hunter Tyson 
is a guy that if Armando Baycott cannot stay healthy, he has a case for ACC player of the year. He'll have a case. Yeah. And I'll tell you this. Even if Armando Baycott does come back and get healthy, it's still going to be hard if if uh, Hunter Tyson keeps this up to say, hey, he's yeah. not your ACC player of the year, even though he's averaging a 16-point double-double on the team that could very well not just win the conference, but potentially run away with the thing. Like, that's yeah. – it's hard to look at that and say, like, eh, I'm not sure he deserves player of the year. That's, that's going to be hard to outweigh. Final game to discuss here, Damari Monsanto and the Wake Forest Demon Deacons were busy last night as they were figuring out how to beat and just handily beat Florida State. Free my dog, Caleb Mills, man. Free Caleb Mills. My guy, he just need, he needs to be a break. I don't know what's going on with Florida State, but he needs a better opportunity because he's good. Can I, you can tell can the I frustration. Can I say Go something? Ahead. I, I need more than Caleb free. I need all of okay. us free. I need all of us free from the ACC having 9 p.m. tip-offs. What are y'all doing? All of these teams are on the East Coast. What are you doing? These kids got school tomorrow. What are y'all doing? These tip-offs do not need to be any later to me than 6 p.m., 7, 7.30 at latest. 7.30 at absolute, like, all right, this is a primetime game, and everybody in the country needs to see this. I don't want to sure. see nothing later than that. I don't want to see nothing later than that, period. I don't yeah. keep it. If it's later than that, keep it. Hold it to yourself. Think about it. Put it in your prayer journal and never talk about it out loud. Okay? Because this is unnecessary. But now, to the actual gameplay, which I stayed up to watch. This was a game that um, at the end of the day, that big three from, from Wake Forest went off. I mean, boy, the the uh, the Ginger Rocket, Hildreth, Monsanto, Carr, they all went absolutely bananas combining for eight from 10 for deep from deep all of these guys well over 70 percent or well over 60 percent shooting rather two of them Carr and monsanto going over 70 percent from the field i mean this is a group this is a group that when you look at everything that they did it wow it's it's tough to say anything other than this type of performance from those three will bode them well, not just in conference uh, conference play and conference tournament time, but in NCAA tournament time if they can get yep. there. Complete basketball. They have to keep doing that. They have to keep beating the team that they're supposed to be, and they need a couple of gimmies and helps to beating some of these ranked opponents as they get through the season. That's all the time we have for today, but we want to make sure you guys come back. We like this live thing. We like the real-time feedback questions, popcorn readiness, and all of that in between. So make sure you download, subscribe to the podcast. For Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs, until next time.